0: Episode of the GCSAA podcast is presented in partnership with Bear Environmental Science. As anyone who has worked with them can tell you, Bear is a company committed to providing technical expertise and in innovative solutions that maximize turf quality and make superintendents jobs easier. For more information on the company and its products and services in the golf industry, head over to environmentalscience.bear.us and look for the turf and ornamentals management link at the top of the page. As always, our thanks to everyone at bear for their continuing support of this podcast. Well, we have done it. Back once again with another episode of the GCSA podcast, episode number 31, for those of you keeping score at home. I'm Scott Hollister, the Editor-in-Chief of Golf Course Management Magazine and your podcast host. And I very much appreciate you taking the time to check us out today. On this episode, we are going to take a look back and a look forward when it comes to golf course management with a guest that probably needs no introduction for many of you, and that person is Dennis Lyon, CGCS. Dennis has been one of the leading figures in our business for more than four decades. Um, And once we actually get into the meat of the podcast, I will go through a full laundry list of Dennis's accomplishments and honors over the years. But you likely know Dennis as a former GCSA president and someone who led golf operations for the city of Aurora, Colorado for 37 years. So today we talked to Dennis about his long career, his service to the industry, where he sees the business going in the future. And uh, because GCSAA has recently launched a retirement planning resources page for superintendents on its website, and because Dennis has expertise in this area, both personally and professionally, we dive into the topic of retirement planning for superintendents with Dennis. Um, And Dennis is someone that I've known and respected For a long time, so it was really great to catch up with him uh, with a conversation that kind of went in a bunch of different directions and touched on a bunch of topics related to golf course management. I think you're really going to enjoy it. uh, And I I know I did, uh, spending a little bit of time uh, with our guest today, Dennis Lyon, CGCS. If you are listening to this podcast you likely have already done this but uh before we get going i still feel it's my obligation to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating and a review wherever it is you get your podcast Uh, You can also check out previous episodes of the podcast on all those same services, including our most recent episode that featured a chat with Troy Flanagan from the Olympic Club. You can do all of that through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or of course, you can always find us on the GCSAA website by searching for GCSAA Podcast. Well, that's enough uh, self-promotion for now. Uh, we'll save some for later, maybe. <laughs> but uh, right now, let's get right after it. It's episode 31 of the GCSAA podcast and our conversation with Dennis Lyon, CGCS. Hope you enjoy it. Well, when I was uh, asked to speak with our guest today on the subject of retirement planning for superintendents for a new uh, GCSAA initiative that is, that is underway, I was excited to do that uh, I've known Dennis Lyon for for some time, and um, but when the opportunity arose, I said, "Well, let's not just make it about retirement planning. We've got a lot of other things we could discuss and make it almost an entire episode of the podcast." So um, that's what we're going to do. And excited to have uh, Dennis Lyons, certified golf course superintendent, with us. Dennis, how are you today?
1: I'm great, Scott. Thanks for inviting me. I I hope I have some good information to share. I you know I'm very committed to retirement, but We'll talk about whatever you'd
0: like. That's great. That's great. Well, um, yes, you've got a decade plus now of experience with your own personal retirement, but uh, uh, as we'll talk about, you've also got some uh, practical uh, experience from your from your days uh, uh, in the golf business, and they were extensive. And I, I'm I'm kind of debating here, Dennis, how much to embarrass you with this uh, long long list of accomplishments and honors that you put together, but. Uh, truly I, 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 you know, there's, I'm certain some listeners will be very familiar with, with your long career in golf course management. Others will not. So, um, again, at the sake of embarrassing you, um, i I'm, I'll go through the laundry list of, of things that you, that you accomplished in, in your long career. Uh, Dennis is a, as I said, certified superintendent, you've maintained your certification after, uh, your retirement, correct?
1: That's correct. I'm still... I don't know. My certification. Um certification is one of the things that interested me in getting involved with GCSA, to be honest. And I've maintained it and I, I I value it. You know, I'm retired, but my certification is not. And I've I'm about uh 80% through all the qualifications to be certified, recertified again.
0: That's great. That is that's great. And I, you know, I know some members maintain that, others will. We'll hang it up and let it go, but that's that's uh, quite commendable. But again, certified golf course superintendent, uh, Dennis has been a GCSA member for 48 years. At least that's what our database tells I'm not, not sure if it seems that long or if it <laughs> seems a little shorter than that or, or what, but that 48 years is, is, is quite an achievement. Um, Dennis, for a, a long time, oversaw golf operations for the city of Aurora, Colorado. And you guys are just south of the Denver metro, correct? South and east, yeah. South and east, so on the on the front range.
1: Basically, you know, of course, now we're big enough. Denver's a suburb of Aurora to some of us. <laughs> That's
0: right. That's right. Uh, or reti- Dennis retired in December of 2010, but as I said, just a, a long list of achievements. Uh, he served as GCSA's president in 1989, um, was one of the, at that point, a hand just a handful of uh, superintendents at municipal facilities who had served in that role. Um, uh, he, you were president of the Rocky Mountain GCSAA, uh, sorry, 1A at the end there, GCSA, uh, in 1980 and, um, past, past the regular, the job duties that you, that you perform, Dennis, I mean, there's a, there's a long list of honors and I won't ask you to pick your favorite cause it's probably like picking your favorite child, but, uh, an honorary lifetime member of the Rocky Mountain chapter. You were the Colonel John Morley Distinguished Service Award winner uh, for GCSAA in 2013. Um, You're a member of the Colorado Golf Hall of Fame inducted in 2005. You received their Lifetime Achievement Award in 2011. And this is, this is a, this is my favorite one. The golf superintendent of the century uh, which was awarded uh, during the association's 100th uh, anniversary celebration uh, in 2014. And I don't think either of us will be around to see who you're, who you're the next person to, to get that honor in in uh, another another 95 years or what the case might be. But that they
1: gave me that award because I was the only one that was still active at the time. Wow. They- <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that uh, you you certainly deserved it, but there's probably some of that there. Um, you were also president of the Colorado Golf Association in uh, 2002, and through the USGA, several several big national awards to go along with the uh, Colonel John Morley Award. You won the Green Section Award in 2011. I know I'm not breaking any news when I tell when I phrase these this way, but uh, and you're also a winner of the uh, USGA's Ike Granger Award for volunteer uh, service with with the association. So, um, someone, Dennis, you you know, I just based on your your time in the business and um and the experience, the service that you gave back to the industry, was super interested in having you on and just kind of having. Uh, letting people know about your career um, who maybe didn't know much about it uh, before listening to this podcast also kind of lets you, I think you'd have some interesting perspectives on how the industry has changed since you first came into the industry. And then of course, as I mentioned, we'll spend a little bit talking on a topic that I know has become near and dear to your heart. And that is uh, uh, making golf course superintendents uh, more aware and more cognizant of, of how to successfully planned for retirement um but 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 to start off let's let's go back let's I, I'm interested kind of in your origin story I may know a little more than the listeners because I did do my research prior to this and uh, read some of the things that have been previously written about your career but um to start off just tell us what's your what's your first memory of of the game of golf did you have parents that played did you did you have a personal interest what what, what do you first remember about the the game that's become such a part of your life?
1: Well, it's an interesting story in some respects um, because I grew up in a small town in Western Colorado um, and we didn't have a golf course there when I grew up. And um, so I was not exposed to golf growing up. And when I went to Colorado State University, um, I started in, in forestry, but I, I was really driven by an interest in plants and agriculture and uh, ended up in the in the turf program and my really first, uh, you know, uh, experience in golf was, uh, working with a person who became my mentor, Stan Mesker at, um, Boulder country club. And, um, I, I loved it, you know, and I was in the program in Colorado state, the, the college of, uh, horticulture or college of agriculture, but it was, uh, the horticulture department and decided turf management was where I wanted to go and where I fit. And I was right. It's been a, a great career for me.
0: Was there uh, an aha moment during those early days where you, where you kind of stepped back and you just had that realization that, you know, this, this is, this is going to be my lifetime career golf course management and being a superintendent.
1: Um, this, the several things I think that have driven me to this profession. One, of course is the outdoors portion of our business, uh, the agricultural portion, um, but also the fact that you're working with nature and providing an an enjoyable place for people to play a game that that they love and that I love. And it it became a a package for me that was was a perfect fit.
0: You spent... um... Other than your your early days in the business, spent the large majority of your career uh, working for Aurora Golf in the the city. Um, And I know that you held numerous different titles there. How how did that journey evolve uh, through the years? And I know when you started, did uh, Aurora just had a single golf course? Is that correct?
1: We had one golf course. Uh, I was in the, when I graduated um, from Colorado State, um, I w- went through Army ROTC, so I okay. spent a couple years in the Army. And when I got out, I was hired by a friend uh, that I went to college with as his assistant superintendent at a golf course that that they had recently built in Aurora. And and so then uh, there was an opening, the superintendent's position opened at Aurora Hills uh, Municipal Golf Course in 1973. I think I was the only applicant with a college degree, even though I didn't have a whole lot of experience. um, They hired me and it turned out to be an excellent opportunity for me because I spent the next 37 years and the golf division grew from one golf course to seven. Some of them I got to build. Some of them we, we bought. One was a military course that the military left and we just managed it for 20 years, you know, and now it's closed and it's, turning into office buildings, but, yeah. but it was a great career uh, for me. And one thing that made it exciting for me is it grew so much, it was always changing and that was enjoyable and challenging.
0: Yeah, and you, uh, uh, as you went through that that process, you you also began, kind of began your journey uh, with serving the Rocky Mountain chapter of GCSA and the, and the National Association. Uh, how did your interest uh, in, in that begin, and did you did you ever imagine it would sort of take you to the places that it that it ultimately did, serving as president of both and and doing all the things that you got to do through your industry service?
1: You know, it, it's kind of a, a, a difficult question to answer, but I, I would have to just begin by stating that I I have a servant's heart, and I'm dedicated to my family, my profession, and my career. And I just did what came natural to me. Uh I'm a volunteer and so I volunteered and I, I loved working with people and letting people do what they do best and compliment them when they do and and working with associations, it was successful.
0: Uh is was there any um you know, as 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 I have Spent time in, in my career with GCSAA and, and interacted with with boards throughout throughout the years. I know that's it's a long commitment. Um, in many cases, it's seven, eight, nine years. Uh, if if an individual chooses to join the board as a director and then obviously move through the officer seats uh, as president and then and then past president, um, what are what were you, what are you most proud of from that from your time on the national? Board, what did what you know? Was there anything that you and your fellow board members focused on that you accomplished that you said, "Man, that is that is for the betterment of the game. That is for the betterment of individual superintendents." I'm I'm really proud of that. Was there any one or two things that that stand out to you?
1: Well, there are several things that stand out to me. Um, It's not what what I did, but as member of you know a board member and part of the GCSAA team. But uh, during my time on the board. I think we made uh, some significant advances in the certification program. We grew that program. We took the initiative to get and commit our association to the environment because at one time we right. were the enemy of the environmentalists. And the board decided, and it took many years to implement, that we were going to be active in in the environment. And we were going to demonstrate that we are environmentalists, which we are. And, um, I think that was a big part of it. Um, uh, of course education grew and I'm totally committed to education. Uh, the, the seminar program really took off as did attendance at, at the conference. So I think overall looking at it from the top down, I think it was a time of a serious transition, maybe from the bar into the boardroom for our profession right and that's that kind of started then and continued for maybe the next 20 years
0: yeah and that's uh it's a good segue kind of to the next uh, section of questions like i sort of wanted to ask you your your career happened i mean and obviously as you just mentioned a lot of it had to do with the the hard work of the of, of the board during your during your time uh on the board uh, all the volunteers who, who have helped. But the the profession itself, from pretty much the time you started till the time that you retire, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm only speaking from my 23 years in the industry. It certainly seems like the advancements and the changes in not just things like recognition and acknowledgement of the work of superintendents, but in technology, things like that. I'm not sure there's been a um, a more impactful time, I'm sure people back in the in the early days, when we went from horses to uh, to uh, to steam or gas operated tractors, would have would would differ with me. But um, so you had you had a pretty good front row seat to to how this business has changed um, over the years. Um, so I, I kind of want to just get your perspective as as you've had a chance now in, in retirement, sort of look back on, on how things have changed. And I want to start with uh, with sort of what you spoke of, and that's recognition for superintendents and that move from the barn to the boardroom, as you say, and Um, We're painting with a very broad brush, but, you know, for the longest time, many superintendents probably were just viewed as the person in the the maintenance shed back off in the corner of the property, not a part of the overall golf operation. That has clearly uh, changed. Um, How have you seen that evolve and and change from when you started to when you now? I would imagine it's night and day. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, certainly seems like uh, a huge sea change from when you started to when, to where we are today.
1: No, that's, that's exactly right. Uh, when, when I started, um, I, I would say that we were not a profession. we were the guy in the Bibber overalls that drove by the clubhouse in the tractor kind of, you know what I mean? Right. superintendent were, were, I think good turf managers, but a lot of times they were the, the, a farmer, maybe even the original farmer that worked there when the golf course was built, then he just stayed. I mean, those were some of our, you know, original members, you know what I mean? And, um, and they were all good at what they did, but a lot of times, uh, I think one of the, the faults of superintendents is we, we like to be behind the scenes people. Sure. You know that's our, that's our nature. And I just think, Over the years, uh, we've professionalized ourselves and have stepped forward and engaged our owners and the people we work for, and they've recognized the value of what we bring to the product that they provide their members and their customers, and it's worked out great for everybody.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's and I think that's really important. And and I know that there's a, a large chunk of our listenership of of the GCSA membership who who got into it not not for obviously the outward recognition, but uh, be, you know because they love the outdoors and and they probably prefer to be behind the scenes. What I, um, which I think is an is natural for a lot of people. But I guess where I've seen a lot of change is is superintendent's comfortability level with kind of stepping out and saying, well, I'm not super. Comfortable with this, but I'm going to I'm going to sit in our club board meetings. I'm going to spend time on the first tee with our membership. I'm going to maybe speak to a media member when they've come around. And um, I guess that doesn't mean that everyone has to be has to be their favorite part of the job. But I think the the, the acknowledgement of of the importance of doing that is is where is probably where we've seen a, a biggest the biggest change um, in, in that area.
1: I've seen as well. Yeah, yeah. There's been real growth. In we as a profession and as professionals, and, and that's that's been good
0: for golf. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I wrote about this in a recent issue of GCM on uh, uh, in one of my columns, just on the uh, despite the the many years that I've been either directly or partially involved with some of the the media relations work we do, seeing superintendents on Golf Channel or seeing them featured in. National Golf Magazine still kind of gives gives you a little boost of of yeah look at that there 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 is a broader acknowledgement that maybe we all we all see uh, in the work of the superintendent so um, obviously a big change um, let's talk more about the actual practical side of the job and um, uh, and advances in technology clearly um, in your four decades technology has just taken off and becoming just Uh, Did you have a, when you first started, was there a computer in the shop?
1: When I first got uh, elected to the board of GCSA in 1985, they sent me a fax machine. Okay. (laughs) There was only one other fax machine in the city of Aurora uh, administration, and that was in the city attorney's office. (laughs) The city attorney that's awesome I say things have grown a lot
0: yes yes they have and those now those fax machines are 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 antiques so right. <laughs> um, in terms of on the maintenance side uh, is, is there one one thing I know you know people will talk about um, automated irrigation or uh, mowing technology whether that's GPS or, or what the case might be is, is there one thing that you view as uh, or or maybe a couple that you said, man, that, that really revolutionized what superintendents do professionally. It really changed the way that golf courses are maintained.
1: Well, there's a, there's a couple of things, uh, you know, in in most places in our country, we have to have irrigation to have good turf, you know what I mean? And so the, I remember the first golf course I worked at, uh, the irrigation controller was, was, was air pressure. <laughs> the, yeah. the valve, the valve, the valve was air pressure, you know, and the, that really worked great. No, it worked terribly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, um,
1: and so irrigation, advancements in irrigation have been huge, you know, and, and it's been great as a way to in, enhance our ability to control how much water we put down you know what I mean Right. It's also a big thing and then the other thing you know the, of course the mowers you know I, I laugh when I say you know my my introduction to lightweight fairway mowing was when I went from a nine gang parkmaster to a seven gang parkmaster <laughs> <laughs> really lightweight mowing but you know that's what we had to mow fairways with back sure. then you sure. know what I mean it was a yeah. gigantic parkmaster yeah and, uh, so the, the mowers are, are huge. And, and of course, then what we we'll have be able to do with, with chemicals and fertilizers and stuff. I mean, and it's taken, we as a profession professionals to be able to utilize all that equipment and technology to, to, to make our jobs and the product we provide the golfers better than it, and it's worked.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I remember first learning the game, um, probably as you were uh you know i graduated high school in 1985 so i was like late 70s early 80s playing the game with my grandfather i wish i had better recollection of of conditions and things like that obviously who knew then and what would the chances be of me actually remembering that stuff now considering my memory but um <laughs> uh it uh it it's just an un- unbelievable uh, unbelievable shift uh, i'm sure for for folks like yourself whose careers have kind of spanned, uh, spanned that gap. And, and now, you know, with with concepts like precision turf management and the tools that are, are available to superintendents, it's, it's obviously benefited the game. It's benefited individual facilities because they, they can be way more efficient, way more cost-effective in managing golf courses and then the, then a lot of that spills over into the, some of the environmental messages that you that you referred to earlier and just that now we we now we have data and we have proof that superintendents for the most part are doing the right things for the right reasons and it's benefiting it's benefiting their communities and it's benefiting their their clubs and and facilities.
1: Right. And it's been a way for us to be able to demonstrate our commitment to the environment and how we've done things to enhance the environment, you know? So yeah, it's, you need the technology to be able to, you know, prove and, and keep records of what you're doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we'll take a quick break here in a second. I I wanted to ask you one more uh, question uh, and that would just be uh, uh, maybe a piece of advice that you might give to, to people coming up uh, in, in this business. And I'm, somewhat selfishly asking that question, I've mentioned this, uh, regular listeners to the podcast probably are aware that my son is an assistant superintendent at a course down in Northwest Arkansas. So I guess it's the family business, my GCSAA employment rubbed off on him. But um, uh, anyway, uh, he, you know, he's uh, mid twenties and uh, uh, just, he's got a really nice facility and really, really enjoying it. But um a lot of the things we've already discussed are pretty foreign to, to someone like him. What 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 would you, if you had a piece of advice or two for, for young folks coming into the business, wondering whether this is going to be their lifelong
1: career, what, what, would, what would you tell them? Um, hopefully, the the superintendent they work for is a good teacher. Right. And that's part of your job as a superintendent is, is to be a teacher, you know, and learn as much as you can uh, and also learn as much as you can about the profession but learn as much as you can about working with people and enhancing your people skills because the the people that you have to work with really drives in my opinion everything that you right. accomplish. You can't do it your, yourself. You work w- with people and you need to understand how to do that. And the better you become at it, the better you'll be in your future.
0: That's great. Good good, uh, good advice for all of us, actually, and in, in the people. Any, and we all have to deal with each other. And, and especially, I guess, in these times, that's probably the Advice we all need to take to heart a little bit, a little bit more. So, well, let's we're going to take a quick break here, uh, pay some bills, and when we come back, we'll we'll chat a little bit about retirement planning, uh, GCSA's new offerings in that area, um, and some of uh, Dennis's experience there. So we'll be right back with more with uh, Dennis Lyon right after this. We'll get back to this episode in just a moment, but first, a word from our friends at Bayer Environmental Science, who proudly partner with GCSAA in the production of this podcast. Bayer is proud to support golf course superintendents as they strive to maintain the healthiest and most playable turf possible and is always looking for ways that can help superintendents up their turf management game. Bayer is committed to providing new, innovative solutions and technical expertise that maximize turf quality and help superintendents maintain their edge against hard-to-control turf diseases. And one of those solutions is densicore, the new DMI fungicide from Bayer that controls dollar spot, brown patch, anthracnose, snow mold, and gray leaf spot. Densicor takes the fear out of disease management with one simple solution. To learn more, go to environmentalscience.bayer.us. And as always, our thanks to Bayer for their ongoing support of the GCSAA podcast. All right, we're back with... Dennis Lyon, uh, great conversation, Dennis, and appreciate all your thoughts about about your long career in the business and uh, words of advice for my son, who I will make listen to this uh, this episode because he can probably he'll probably be able to use information we'll we'll discuss uh, in this in this next segment um, and and that's on uh, retirement planning, Dennis. Um, as we'll get into on, I'll, I'll let him explain this a little bit. Um, knows a lot about the subject not only because he's well I guess from a firsthand basis because you are about a little more than 10 years into your your personal uh, journey into retirement plus uh, professionally prior to that uh, you had some involvement uh, uh, in that in learning about that topic and administering things uh, with the city of Aurora and I'll let you talk about that I, I will uh, remind listeners that uh, Dennis wrote a story. For GCM on this very topic that appeared in the December uh, 2020 uh, issue of of the magazine. So if you go to gcmonline.com and search retirement planning, and you could even throw Dennis's name in there, um, that story will pop up, and you you can read more about the topic. Because we'll try to keep this a pretty a pretty high level. But um, to to start this this part, Dennis, uh, just a little bit about um, tell us about your journey to kind of creating increased interest in the topic, uh, and and why, um, pass, I, I, perhaps you, I, I assume you're passionate about the topic, but why, what, why have you become so interested in, in in communicating with superintendents the importance of, of sound retirement planning?
1: Okay, well, thanks, Scott. Um, retirement has really become a, a big issue for me uh, I guess when I think back to my years uh, as a superintendent uh, working for city government and city governments are known for not overpaying people, <laughs> good benefits. And one of my benefits was retirement, uh, defined benefit retirement plan. And I go back to those earlier days in my career when I'm raising four kids and, and house payments and car payments, and you know, I knew nothing about saving for my retirement or the value of that. Uh, And I just think back now to how much the city took care of me in taking money from me. You know, I wasn't a choice. It came right out of my paycheck. They had investment managers that invested that money. And now 37 years later, when I retired, um, I have a nice, pension you know what I mean and and every month when I get that check I'm so thankful and that someone did that for me and then I I would just make me think about others superintendents who don't have that opportunity and you know nobody's going to take care of you other than you and you know some some employers offer uh retirement plans you know 401ks Uh, You know, which is part of a defined contribution plan versus a defined benefit plan, which is, you know, a defined benefit plan is based on the amount of money you made and how many years you worked. And it's a calculation and a defined contribution plan is based on the investment and the money that's invested, you know, and um, you just can't underestimate in that situation the time value of money. I mean, because you invest that money and then the money grows and then you get, you know, then you, that's increases your investment. And then that investment increases how much you get, you know? And so the time value of money is incredible and you start small, you know, you never, you never really, no one can afford to just start putting money away easily. You have to make a a commitment and you have to make the commitment that you understand the value of it and that you will leave it there. And I just feel that GCSA as as an association of professionals, we can do, we should do whatever we can to help educate our members and encourage them to plan for their future. Because, you know, I I looked online and I know we're gonna talk a little, little bit about what's online, but I went online to this, to the page on Social Security, and you can put in your age and uh, gender, and it'll tell you how long you're expected to live. And my age is 86, so what the actuaries say. Well, you think back, you know, if you're a superintendent and want to work, I'm going to work until I die, which I've heard before. <laughs> you know, the superintendents, you know how many of them are actively working at age 80? They're they're not. Right. You know, so retirement is coming. So we need to be ready.
0: Right. A- absolutely. And I, and I should have mentioned that the website that you spoke about earlier, we'll reference it a couple of times. Um, a relatively new website um, on the GCSA site. It, it has resources for, uh, for superintendents to kind of learn more about retirement, uh, to kind of help them through the process. Uh, best bet uh, to find that is to just go to gcsa.org and search out uh, retirement um, resources and the page will come right up and you, you can find all that's there that will also include um, this uh, segment of uh, the podcast here at some point in the very near future. Um, you've talked, uh, as you've entered your own personal retirement years, um, and you talked about how thankful you were that you were just enrolled in part of a, in part of a, a pension program with the city of Aurora. Um, have there been any kind of wins and losses that you've identified? Are there things you're like, man, I'm so thankful that I did this or that this happened now that I've in my own retirement. And are there areas you're like, boy, I, there was an opportunity if I would had only known, if I'd known then what I know now, um, I would have taken advantage of, are there wins and losses you've identified?
1: Well, there's a couple of things I'd like to share. One is, um, as, as 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 I gained information about retirement and a commitment to it, I, I did spend. I was an employee-elected uh, trustee of the city of Aurora retirement plan. So then I really—that's how I really got my information and growth about investment and actuarial, uh, you know, activities. And then after I retired, I spent another eight years as a, a, uh, a, a appointed member of the county that I live in, their re, their defined benefit pension plan. So I, I do have a lot of experience in investing and managing uh, defined benefit pension plans. Um, getting, getting back to your question, I think one thing that comes to my mind is when you think about retirement, that's kind of an aha moment is, to understand what I call a three legged stool of retirement. And what is the three legged stool of retirement? It's the money you plan for retirement, it's your social security that you will get when you get old enough, and then um, any savings that you have in addition to that and part time employment. That's your three legged stool of retirement. And if you only have two of those, you know how well it to right. compared to a three legged stool. That's you know right. I mean? And so, you know, that, that's important. And then I d- just would also say that an aha moment is every time I realize the fact that I do have a very good life right now. I tell people that I'm actively engaged in the 2G network that would be often grandchildren <laughs> and do that. You know what I mean? And so I'm I'm so uh, grateful that the city took care of me and I just want fellow superintendents to have the same experience.
0: I you you mentioned your, your professional experience and, and knowledge in this area, obviously your personal experience from the last ten years. I, I wanted to see maybe if you had some words of advice for people on different stages of their journey towards as you mentioned, we're all we're all heading there and young superintendents who might be, you know, two, three, four, five years into their careers probably don't think much about this. There's someone I'll throw myself under the bus and who I want to say I'm like halfway to that point, but the reality is I'm probably the halfway points probably in the rearview mirror right now. So I'm (laughs) a little closer than, than, uh, than I probably care to admit. And then there's others who probably in the very near future are going to have to be facing this. So um, are there words of advice you would give to people based upon their, where they are on their path toward retirement?
1: Well, it's, it's, um, one thing that comes to my mind is sometimes people base base or think they can base how much they can invest in a retirement uh, based on their cost of living. And, and, and I would share with you that, that in my opinion, the cost of living is 10% more than you make.
0: Right. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Wait for that. It'll never happen. So you, you have to start, you know, and, and I guess I would also say with the youngest people in their career, but any, any, you know, we don't know. They don't teach us at turf school how to invest in our retirement. You know what I mean? Right. And they, they don't teach us that anywhere. You know, it's just like when I had to build a a couple of golf courses, I had to hire a golf course architect to really do it, you know, to do the planning, even though I knew what I wanted, they made sure I could get where I wanted to go we need an investment advisor. You know, you need to talk to somebody to help you get started. And because we don't know, you know, and then you just need to stay with them throughout your career. And as you can invest more, do it, you know what I mean? And and make the commitment that, that you're, this is what you want to do. This, This is part of everything else you do It's part of, your car payment is part of your health insurance and your retirement. You have to, you have to invest that money.
0: Yeah, no, those, that's, those, that's, I mean, that's great advice for really anyone along, along the path. And, and I, I know my own journey um, through various careers before coming to GCSAA and the things that I do now and I know about now are certainly different than when I was spending my first few years and probably not putting near enough in um, uh, that. So the, the great, great advice for folks. We, we've mentioned the various resources and GCSA's uh, kind of uh, continued investment in in providing information and resources on, on this topic. You, you've played a role in that, whether that's the the, the website that I mentioned, um, the upcoming uh, now GCSA conference and trade show in San Diego. Everything old is new again, Dennis, as you and I spoke about prior to recording. Um, there will be there will be. Uh, Information on this topic available during during that event for for attendees to take advantage of and still uh, details to more details to come on that. But uh, maybe tell us a little bit about how you got involved, the role that you played in in assisting uh, the association sort of craft these resources and kind of craft a plan um, to uh, to kind of move this more to the forefront.
1: Sure. Well, I just felt that it was something GCSA could do as far as trying to educate our members and, and influence them to plan for this. And um, so I, I, I guess I started with a letter that I sent to the board of directors maybe five years ago is that we needed to look into this. And, um, and I kind of had... A vision of a direction we could go as far as GCSA, GCSA getting more involved in our uh, members' pension planning. Uh, and so they, they did a study, they hired a consultant and looked into it and found out that um, the federal tax laws are written in such a way that GCSA cannot be that in, involved in that way. Correct. As far as investments. Uh, for you, you know, or as a pastor for you. Um, and so then what I suggested or what we did is we just, um, I work towards GCSA trying to do what we've done now is at least have a, a platform on the web page that would help members, you know, and we also, we spoke, um, Uh, at the conference a few years ago, uh, better shade of green, I think was the name of it. Right. Uh, where I talked about, uh, retirement as a superintendent. And then there was an investment advisor there that spoke and, um, and I'm continuing to do that. I just spoke in South Dakota in March at their turf conference about, about retirement and may have other opportunities to do that. But, um, so, this year, after about three or four years of kind of pushing to have something happen to get GCSA uh, more engaged in this, uh, Tim O'Neill and I sent a letter to, to President Jordan this year and said, we need to do something and we need to do it now. And, you know, if you want us to have a committee to go through this or whatever. And the board just decided this year to take action and put this webpage together, which just recently came out. And hopefully it's just the beginning and we can do more things through the magazine and at the conferences and to, to just do everything we can to help our members prepare financially for their futures.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, you know, it's a good first step. And GCSA has long been in various areas, whether it's uh, information on, storm cleanup or irrigation there's a ton of just resources and information that are that are available and this is just kind of in a in the long line of those and I think we all recognize superintendents uh, are at different kinds of facilities they might have different retirement options available to them um and we wanted to just uh, and I think you you and Tim you know, you know much credit to you for for pushing this forward because that information is going to be invaluable uh invaluable to them and I would remind folks that again Go to GCSA.org if you want more information, uh, search retirement resources. The page will come up. You'll see everything that's on there. It will be updated regularly with new information. Again, you can also go to GCM online. Uh, Dennis story from December of last year is on there. Um, you can search retirement on that site. There's additional resources available there. And then, as I mentioned, um, of hopefully educational opportunities on this topic, uh, are are to come at the uh, Conference and Trade Show uh, in San Diego. So, well, Dennis, listen, um, I know we just barely scratched the surface on that topic. We probably could have done 30 minutes, but uh, 40 minutes, an hour or, or whatever, but um, um, people are probably tired of hearing my voice too. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but uh, I want to just thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, it's been, it, I, I was certainly aware of your impact in, in your, your long career. I hope others that might not have been as aware uh, uh, learned a little bit and had some eye-opening uh, moments during our conversation and also obviously learned a little bit about retirement planning. I'm going to make sure my son listens to this so he can uh, get, him, get himself going on that. So thank you so much for your time today, Dennis. Really appreciate it.
1: Scott, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure.
0: Take care. Well, there you have it. Another episode of the GCSA podcast is in the books. I want to thank once again, our guest, Dennis Lyon for his time and willingness to share his experiences and expertise. And a couple of plugs before I go. First, um, I want to plug the uh, new retirement planning resources page on the GCSAA website. Just go to gcsaa.org and search for retirement resources to find that. I will also uh, send out a plug for the GCM story that Dennis wrote for our December 2020 issue on the topic of retirement planning for superintendents. To find that, just go to GCMonline.com and search for Dennis Lyon Retirement. And finally, uh, a reminder to keep your eyes open for information about the in-person GCSAA conference and trade show in San Diego in February, where retirement planning will be front and center among the educational opportunities that will be available there. So with that, we are done. My thanks again to Dennis Lyon, to the master of the mixer, our engineer, Evan Bissell, to everyone at Bear for their continued support of the podcast as our presenting partner to the nine members of the GCSAA Board of Directors, to all my colleagues and coworkers at GCSAA headquarters in Lawrence, Kansas. And of course, my thanks to you for tuning in. We will be back very soon, but until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will catch up again down the road on the next episode of the GCSAA podcast.